Everybody, happy Easter. Man, thank you so much for joining us today on Easter Sunday. How many are thankful that Jesus Christ went to the cross for your sins? Anybody in here grateful for that? Come on. Now, how many are grateful that he rose again from the grave? Come on, so that you could rise. Come on, free from the power of sin. A few of you. Come on. Well, if you are not yet, you will be, I believe, by the end of this message. We are going to conclude our series today entitled Lost. We've been on this series entitled Lost for the last three weeks in which we've been looking at the redemptive nature of Jesus Christ. And uh, man, it's just a great day, I believe, to conclude that series and then to celebrate together all that Jesus has done, is doing, and will continue to do in your life because of what he did on the cross. If you believe that he's going to do something amazing in your life, say amen. Amen. Well, in week one, uh, we started out this series entitled Lost, and we began to look at how he redeems us from relational wounds. How many of you have been hurt by somebody before? Okay, well, all right. The rest of you don't. Don't give up. There's still time. You can get hurt by somebody. Come on. Okay. I'm sure all of us sitting here right now have at one point been hurt by somebody, maybe hurt somebody, and if you haven't yet, uh, I'm sure one day you will be. But we talked about how oftentimes those relational wounds cause us to be lost and we don't fulfill the full potential of what God has for our life. And so we begin to look at that, and if you missed any of these, you can go to our website and catch up on all of them. And then last week, uh, we talked together um, uh, about how he redeems us from our bad choices, I like to say how he redeems us from our stupid choices, okay? Now, how many of you guys ever made a bad choice before? Okay, all right. Man, we got some really amazingly saved people in here today. None of those apply to me. I've never been hurt, and I always make good choices. You're lying right now, and that's a bad choice, okay? And so, you know, we, 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 we talked about that and how he redeems us from making those bad decisions. And, and uh, here's the cool part is that no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what the past looks like, it's okay because if you get Jesus Christ in your life, come on, your future can look a whole lot better. Are you with me this morning? It doesn't matter how you walked in this morning. Here's, here's the thing is it doesn't matter what it looks like back there. It only matters where Jesus Christ has taken you, and I believe that with all my heart. And we looked at the story of the prodigal son and how God, through, uh, you know, through his, his grace and his mercy, redeemed uh, the prodigal son. We see the figure of God as the father. And just an amazing passage, and I'm so glad that he's redeemed me from some dumb choices that I've made in my life. Uh, But today what I want to talk to you about as we wrap it up, I want to talk to you about this because this to me is why we celebrate Easter, is what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, This is why at least I celebrate Easter the way I do. Um, That man, he has done so much for us. Not only does he redeem us from our bad choices, but here's the cool part, is that, that through Jesus, he also redeems us from the accusation of our past, Okay. Now that is such an important part and such a key element uh, to, uh, I believe, what we're celebrating today, and we're going to look at that, and I believe as we do, uh, we're going to experience the full freedom that God has for us today. Turn to your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Colossians 2, 12 through 15. Colossians 2, 12 through 15, rather than reading uh, the account of the crucifixion, his death, burial, and resurrection, I want to read to you what it means to us today. And so as your finger is in Colossians 2, verses 12 through 15, I want you to hold your finger there and then go over to Romans 6, 3 through 11. And we're going to read these two passages. Luke 19, 10 says this, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek 
and save the lost. And ladies and gentlemen, we are celebrating the culmination of that today as we celebrate Easter. Easter was him coming, seeking, saving, and delivering the lost so that they could have a phenomenal life in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 3, says this, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, come on somebody, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Man, he died for my sins, it's, it's, it's complete, but then he raised again so that I might have a new life in him. Verse 5, for if we have united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that Our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we uh, would no longer be enslaved to sin. Amen. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Amen. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. Colossians, now let's go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. Therefore, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record. I want to read verse 14. I want you to key in on it. This is crucial to today. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands that he set aside, nailing it, to the cross. Let me read verse 14 again because I believe it's powerful. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray that in the next few minutes that we have together, that Lord, you would speak to us so clearly, so powerfully, Lord, I pray that we'd walk out of this place, Lord, celebrating you for who you really are and what you've really done. God, I pray you'd open up every heart in this place. Hallelujah. Open our ears to hear, our minds to perceive, and our hearts to receive in faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. As I was getting ready for Easter, I was reminded of a story uh, about, about two guys that died and went to heaven on Easter. As they got to heaven, one was a taxi driver right here in downtown San Diego. How many of you guys know there's some crazy taxi drivers out there? Okay, probably died on the job, okay? Taxi driver and, and a pastor. And they get to heaven, and, and, and Peter meets them at the gates and says, Hey, guys, welcome to heaven. Let me show you to your, to your homes. And so they're standing there waiting with anticipation, and, and he grabs the taxi driver first, and he, and he leads the taxi driver over, and there's this big mansion. I mean, major mansion swimming pools, tennis courts, come on. Anybody have a house like that? I'm moving in with you, okay? It's a big old mansion. It's just amazing. And he's just like, wow. 
And so the pastors stand there like, wow, if that's what he gets, man, I can't wait to see what I get, you know? Taxi driver's just stoked. And so then Peter comes back and gets the pastor and leads him over and, and brings him up to this kind of shack. Pastor stops and goes, wait, 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 wait a minute. I think there's a mistake. I think, I, think you got us, I think you got us confused somehow. That's probably mine and, and this is his. God shows up and looks. and No, no, I, I got it right. That's his. That's, but I don't get it. God, I'm a pastor. I mean, every Sunday I would preach the word. I would, I would lead people to you. And man, I baptized people. I did all these great things in your name. I, God, I don't get it. And God stands back and goes, yeah, I know. But, but you see, every time you preached, the people slept. But every time he drove, people prayed. Yeah. So I figure we're going to move our church to a taxi cab. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to preach while I drive. Here we are celebrating Easter, and in so doing, we, we read these passages today. And for time's sake, I won't have uh, too much time to, to go into the full context of them all. So let me just highlight a few things for you here on Easter and, and kind of just sum up what is this talking about? Here are all these great verses and, and things talking about, man, we've been baptized with him, and, and because he raised, I've raised, and, and he's dead, so I no longer have sin, and he, and he took all that, that legal stuff that was on my account, all that sin, and, and, and he nailed it to the cross. What does all that mean? Let me just share this with you real quickly. What does this mean? Why, why is Easter so amazing? Why do so many people flood churches on Easter Sunday? I believe this, number one, that we see in Scripture here is Jesus died for our sins. Very clearly, he died. He paid the price for our sins. We understand that the, the wages of sin is death, meaning that if I continue in my sin and in my bad choices, come on somebody, that the end thereof is going to lead to death. But he stepped in and died for my sins and took death for me. Second thing I see is through these scriptures is this, is that he rose from the dead. Come on, that's why we're here today. He rose from the dead, showing us that, that we can rise up and have a new life. That we no longer have to live in that old life. The third thing I see is that he broke the power of sin. Amen? He not only died for our sin, not only showed us that we can have a new life, but he broke the power of sin. Showing us that, that, that we are no longer under its power, that we can overcome that sin. Too many of us look at sin like it's powerful, and we can't overcome it, but Jesus Christ showed us that through him, Come on, the power of sin is broken. We see here, uh, fourthly, that he forgave us our sins. He forgave us our sins. Not only died for them, but he actually forgave us our sins, took the debt. And lastly, the fifth one here, and I, I really see this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, he made us brand new. He made us brand new. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He made us brand new. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe this is where we have probably one of the greatest struggles. Even as Christians, as Christ followers that have come to know Jesus, that one of the things that keeps us walking in this lost state, unable to, to live in the full freedom that he has for us, unable to live in the, in the full capacity and, the, and the, full, the full dream that he has for your life, is because we continue to be bombarded with accusation. The Bible says that the enemy, the devil, he is the accuser of the brethren. One of his very tactics is that he comes and he continues to accuse you. Yeah, you think Jesus forgave you, but remember when you did? 
remember this, remember that, remember this other thing. But I want you to know something today, that there is a greater freedom for you. That you don't just have to theologically understand that, wow, Easter, Jesus died for my sins. Woo! But I can walk out of here realizing something more in my life. I can realize that Jesus Christ not only went to the cross and paid the penalty for my sin, but Jesus Christ went to the cross and made it as if I had never sinned. Are you with me today? See, we don't, we don't understand that. And so we get caught up in this thing like, Jesus, thank you for taking that penalty. I don't have to die. Thank you for that. And then we walk around with our, our head hung, our shoulders down, just like, wow, can't believe I blew it like that. And Jesus is looking at you like, what are you talking about? I, I don't understand what you're talking. What do you mean blow it like that? Why? Because through the cross, he not only paid the penalty, but he made it as if we had never sinned. One of the greatest people, one of the hardest people you'll have a hard time forgiving is yourself. But the Bible says in Psalm, as far as the east is from the west, so is your transgression been removed from you. He's taken it from you. He's annihilated. He makes it as if it had never happened. But some of you can't break free from accusation. Why? You can't break free from accusation of the past because you keep looking at through the lens of what you did rather than through the lens of what he did. And if you would just take those glasses off, ladies and gentlemen, come on somebody and put on the, the, the glasses of the cross and realize what he did, you begin to see, wow, there's no sin. There's no sin. It's been removed from my life. We live in this accusation. Because we have a hard time getting free, here's the thing. He, too many of us treat the cross, and here we are Easter celebrating what he did, but too many of us treat this almost as, a, as, a, as an antidote to something we did. A lot of us treat it, really, the cross, the way the world treats maybe alcoholism. It numbs the pain of what I did. See, alcoholism will numb the pain of what you did temporarily. But once you get sober, come on, hanging over the toilet the next morning, you realize, I still did it. Are you with me? Some of us, you know, we treat relationships like that. And so we look for fulfillment and satisfaction through relationships, trying to cover up the pain that, of our past. And it'll cover it up momentarily until that relationship no longer proves satisfying to me. Some of us tr treat careers like that. Some of us treat money like that. Some of us treat uh, possessions like that. And we get something, and it creates that joy for a moment. And then all of a sudden, when the, when the new car smell wears off, come on, somebody. You can go buy as many new car air fresheners as you want. Come on, how many have done that before? And you hang it up, and you're like, that does not smell like new car at all, okay? I don't know what that is. That's like, that's like bad-smelling car, okay? But you know what? That new car only lasts so long. All of a sudden, you realize, wait a second, everybody has the same car. Everybody's driving a Honda Civic right? Only lasts for a little while. But see, what Jesus Christ did on the cross with his death, burial, and resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, was not an antidote. It was literally taking your life and removing it and giving you a, a brand new life. Are you with me today? It's brand new. It's brand new. See, we believe he paid the penalty for our sins, but what makes Easter celebration weekend so powerful is that he didn't pay the penalty but he wiped it completely away. 
And I believe that today he wants you to get free from living in the accusation of your past. I, I, when I, was, I was actually a psychology major, um, graduated with a psychology degree so I could figure myself out. <laughs> Hasn't worked yet. Um, still got some. And in one of the classes we talked about, and I don't remember the exact study, but I do remember what the study was about and what it involved. And the study involved a chicken, a rope, and two people. Okay? And what the study did is they wanted to see, you know, at what point would this chicken stop struggling and stop fighting? So what they did is they would take the rope and they put it around the chicken's neck and they would, they would bring the chicken out and they would pin the chicken to the ground. One person would have the rope pulled this way, one person would have the rope pulled that way. And the chicken would flop and flop and flop and flop and flop and, and all of a sudden it would get so tired it would lay there. And it would see the rope stretched out and it would stop fighting. Day after day they would do this and the chicken would just flop and flop and flop until one day they brought the chicken out. And the minute they put the rope down, the chicken didn't fight at all. Didn't fight back. Just laid there. So then what they did is the very next day is they brought the chicken out and they had drawn a chalk line. And they laid that chicken down with its neck on the chalk line. And the chicken laid down and saw the white line and just laid there and never fought back. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, this is the way some of us are living our life. Jesus Christ has come and removed the rope. But because you keep looking at the accusation of the past, and you keep looking at what you did rather than what he did, and you keep staring down that line, you just lay there lifeless, helpless, without the freedom that Jesus Christ has for you. Hmm. I believe that so oftentimes the enemy comes to hang these chains around our necks. As he hangs these chains around our necks, there's the accusation hanging there. There it is. For us to continue to look at. The chains are hanging. Accusations pointing at us. But he wants us to get free from the past.
Come on. What makes, what makes this so powerful, ladies and gentlemen, is the things that were written on those signs were not just things we thought of or things we, we made up, but we actually approached people and asked them to share their testimony. And every single one of those people that was holding that sign, that was their testimony. The fact that, that, that her boyfriend was murdered and she was left with her baby. The fact that, that my wife, who is now a pastor here at this church, 
actually had an abortion, actually was involved in drugs and, and tried to take her life and commit suicide. But all of these people that stood before you today have come to realize something. They've come to realize what I'm trying to tell you today. That you can live free from the accusation of the past. That you can live free from sin and condemnation. That you can live free. And you no longer have to look back that way that, that Christ has come to give you a new lens. He's come to give you a new lens. He did not die on the cross just to wipe away the consequence of your sin. He went to the cross and made it to where you had never sinned. Listen to me. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, you got to realize something. When we look at our life, we tend to see the accusation. We tend to see the pain, the hurt, all that stuff. But when Jesus looks down, he does not see it anymore because he took it on himself. He took it on his account. It's like if, if you buy a shirt and you, and you get home with that shirt and it's a brand new shirt and, and all of a sudden you wear it and all of a sudden you look and there's a little tear and you say, wait a second, that must have been there when I bought it. And you take it back to the store. The store does not take it and say, hold on a second, and grab a needle and a thread and patch it up. The store says, no, no, give that one to me. I got a brand new one for you. Listen to me, when you come to Jesus Christ, and maybe some of you will do that today, maybe some of you would say today that, you know what, I can relate with that testimony. I can relate with what that person's going through. I can relate with what that person did. I can relate with that person's pain. Listen to me. That's not the point. We don't want you to relate to their pain. We want you to be free from that pain in Jesus' mighty name and go on and live a life and a life that is free in Jesus Christ. So you, I believe that today that, that God is tugging on some of your hearts and he's pulling on some of you. And maybe you relate to one of these testimonies. Maybe relate to something that's taking place here. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says that we've now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, 14. Colossians 2, 14. He's taken that thing from you. He says, look, that's no longer yours. You no longer did that. You no longer had that abortion. You no longer tried to take your life. You no longer, you no longer have that anger. You no longer have that lust. You no longer have that pride. You no longer have those things. That is what makes Easter, ladies and gentlemen, so powerful. It's not that Jesus Christ just paid the penalty. It's not that he just forgave us. It's that he said, you never did it at all. As far as the east is from the west, so has that been removed from you. There's somebody here this morning, you're still carrying around a chain around your neck. And maybe when you look down that line, you're still seeing the past. Maybe this morning it's nothing you did, but maybe it's, it's something you lacked. Maybe it's a parent that was missing. Maybe it's abuse that happened to you. And you're looking down that line, and you see yourself through that filter. But Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, says, I'll take that for you. I'll take that hurt. I'll take that pain. Maybe you're in here today and you grew up without a father in your life or a mom in your life and there's that pain and Christ says, I want to come and I want to be that father in your life. I want to be that parent in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what makes Easter celebrated around the world. We're not celebrating the fact that we've been just, 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 here, I'll take the consequence. We're celebrating the fact that he says, here, here's a brand new life in Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we thank you that as your word came forth today, Lord, that many people relate to some of these testimonies on this stage. 
But Lord, I thank you, God, for the verses we read today that show us so clearly and so concisely that if we would rise today, if we would choose through faith to say yes to you, we could rise today on Resurrection Sunday and have a brand new life. So that I pray for those that are here this morning visiting. I pray for those that have come with friends and, and loved ones. God, those of us that are, are making urban our home church. Maybe we're sitting here and we still have some stuff, some baggage. Not because it's even really there, but we're lying there with a chalk line drawn. And we're looking at that chalk line. There's nothing even holding us back because the Bible says in John, when Jesus Christ went to the cross and He gave up His Spirit, He said, it is finished. Everything that Jesus Christ needed to do, He did through His death, burial, and resurrection. And He's waiting for you to say yes in faith and rise and live a complete and free life. And so you're laying there and you're still looking at that chalk line. Lifeless. And the call goes out to you today. Colossians 2.14, I've taken that rope away. I've taken that chain away. I've taken that sin away. I've taken that issue away. I've taken that unforgiveness. I've taken that bitterness. I've taken it away. And the requirements that came with it, and I nailed it to the cross so that today you could have life and life more abundant. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that, that equates to eternal life with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, but it also equates to life right here on earth. There's more freedom. It's more freedom for you. 